Hey everyone, I'm Jevin Malte. And I'm Joe Mellon. And welcome to Built in a Day podcast, where we help business and idea people move their business forward by helping them run tests in a single day. In each episode, we select a single business and help them learn if an idea is worth pursuing or if they have some features that are worth building. This week on Built in a Day, selfie gloves and hustling people in line at the theme park. Hello, today we're here with Scott Tarsi, and Scott has a strong love for roller coasters, and he really has a great idea about how to be able to hold your cell phone while you're videotaping content while on roller coasters. So, uh, Scott, tell us about the selfie glove. Yeah, so I was doing marketing for, I called it the the selfie glove, by the way, but I don't know if that's the best name for it. That's kind of of like that, the selfie stick, and I was like, well. It's actually a pretty good name, I think. You could do a selfie with it because, I mean, that's how people that don't have the selfie stick do it. They hold it with their hand. Well, now you just put the glove on with the phone thing in there and then just point it towards yourself. Actually, if you go to my website, caddesignhelp.com, and then products if you guys got your computer there you could yeah i'm looking at it now i mean it's okay, pretty, okay. pretty simple yeah, so you can cool. see some pictures of it yeah exactly so so just to recap so far so you have this idea for this selfie glove and you're thinking about how you could sell more of them or and find the right price point is is that right yeah so basically at this stage of product development i've got a working prototype right but maybe I, there's features that need to be improved i don't know i'm the only one who's tested it so I want to um, obviously sell some, get some market feedback. And, you know, the goal here is within one year. So I don't know how much you guys know about provisional patents, but I've got one year to apply for the full patent or I lose it. Now I can put in another provisional patent, but I have to change enough about the first one to do a second one. And that might be tricky with something this simple. The reason to do a provisional patent is because it's $65. A full patent is north of 5000 probably closer to $6,000. So in, to justify the cost, the whole idea with the provisional is to, you know, you get that one year to find out if it's worthwhile. So th- my goal is to, to really try to get this in front of as many people as possible, yeah. see what kind of sales I can generate, get the feedback on what's good about it, improve the design, you know, get it to where it makes the most number of people happy with it, yep. and then make a decision about the full patent, you know, before one year from now. And so far, you've given out business cards like at the rides. Is that right? To try yeah. To so, so I just I, I I've got like 500 business cards. I brought like 200 with me, and I probably handed out 150 of them in the last two days. You know, to as many people as I could. So I'm in line, and I'm also using my time wisely. I'm just like, hey guys, you ever seen this? And I try. And people, most people got a kick out of it. Or they, some people thought it was a little strange, but I mean, I've seen so many people hold their phone and and video it that I'd say 50 to 60 percent of people are like, either they said, yeah, I videoed the ride before. Or I wanted to, but I was afraid of dropping it. And so, like, and even the one kid behind me, he was like 12. He's like, no, I think I think it's going to fall out. And I was like, okay, watch. And then we get on the ride and we do it. And he's like, oh, well, that worked pretty well. Yeah, the trick is is the marketing of it. Um, like I said, you know, I just brought my business card. But it's not, my business card is not even optimized for this product. It's just my website on there because I hadn't created a special one for this, which maybe is a good idea. Because maybe people put this in their pocket and then they get home and two days later they find this caddesignhelp.com and they're like, what the hell is this? You know, I don't know what this mm. is from. Just for those listening at home, I'm at the website and there is a kind of a white glove with like in the palm, there's like a phone case attached to it. And then it looks like you're focusing on the selfie camera. The selfie camera is kind of pointed at you. So right, you're kind exactly. of expecting that this is for people to 
kind of hold and also record their own reaction to the ride? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. And that's, in fact, in my test video, that's what I did. So once you put the glove on, you got to use the front camera. And I th- when I thought about how to, to do it, I was like, well, you've got to be able to see the screen to, to set it all up. And even if you pushed record and use the back camera, something might get hit in the process because you can only touch the screen from the one side. So I said, okay, you got to put the phone in with the touch screen out, but you can touch right through that plastic. It's like, it's basically one of those armbands that you use at the gym. So you can still touch it. So you can set it up to record, hit record, and then you can point it forward to show the ride, or you can flip your hand around backwards and you can get your own reaction or point it back at the people behind you and say hi to them, <laughs> all these different things. So that's pretty much how it works. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think we understand the product. Jevin, do you have any questions before we move on to how we do this test? No, I just want to say in general, I think this is great. I, I love how you can, I'm seeing lots of stuff on your site where you're just testing things out and then you put it up there and then put it on, on eBay or whatever. So I think, you know, if you got this process down and you figured out, you know, how to market really well and test out different audiences for products, this could be a really uh, interesting way for you to find something that could really, really do well. So that's just something I wanted to say on the side. I think this is cool. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's the first time I've seen this and it sounds really, it looks really amazing. Cause like right here on, on his page, there's a little link to eBay and then there's the product that I can buy it for $5. Yep. So uh, that's great. Low time to make. Okay, great. Yeah, so let's move on to figuring out how we can go ahead and help Scott test this out. Real quick, let me interject here. When I have it on $5 on eBay, basically I'm trying to find the right price. So I put it as a starting bid and I have a reserve price of 15 So I, I don't really want to sell it for less than 15 because at that point I don't think – I have an idea of what it's going to cost to make it. I know what I can get the glove and the holder for. The assembly of the two together is a little – I paid $15 to get that done once, but I'm sure I can get that price down. But basically, my, I set my reserve at 15 because I think below that, the margins doesn't justify it. But I wanted to do an auction. My idea with the auction was to find out what the right price would be, or I could do like a buy it now price and try different versions. I've done that in the past, like with the Yeti plug. I tried to buy it now at five, nobody bought it, four, nobody bought it. And when I got down to one, people started to buy it. So I just wanted to throw that out there as that's another test I think I need to do. And, and maybe what's the best way to do that to find out what the right price should be. Okay. Well, I mean, to be honest, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you have a process on the price. It sounds like maybe what we can do is validate, like, you know, what's the market size and how to get people to want to buy it. Or if we can get people to want to buy it. Yeah, exactly. Does that, does that, does that sound about right? Yeah. So I guess the main things I need is, okay, I need to find out the price, like what price it should be, you know, how to market it. And then, you know, how to get feedback, on like, I guess, improving the design. Because this is just an initial prototype. I mean, it works great, but maybe there's a few things that could be done better or differently. I, I need that kind of feedback. I think also uh, something kind of comes up for me is I was listening to this other podcast on uh, how they prototype food, like new dishes at fast food restaurants. And what was interesting was that they said is that there's one thing, which is, is it does it actually provide value? And the second one, is there a story that people can understand? And it's like when you're inventing like a new product category or a new like a new product, um, there's one thing is like, is it actually a value? And the other one is like, can people understand like the sales narrative well enough to actually like buy the product and experience the value? And the example that they gave was that they were trying this sandwich out that it was like fried chicken with gravy and mashed potatoes on it. And this is like a sandwich. And it was actually really delicious, but nobody's used to buying, you know, mashed potatoes on a sandwich. And yeah. so... 
they were like, yeah, this isn't going to work because pe- not enough people are going to try it to actually realize that they like it. From this, from my, my question is like, how do we share this story with people and validate that this is something that they can like actually understand where they will actually buy it and, and like understand that this new type of phone case is actually useful? Does that make sense? Yeah, basically, it's it's what I was saying is how do you show people that this is a problem that they have? Like, yeah. I think people that go to the park realize holding their phone is risky, but and so like he's like I said, like, I guess some percentage of people are just gonna really hold onto it tight and basically like all death gripping their phone, or and a certain percentage of people that want to record the ride just aren't gonna do it like me. But showing them that this is an option, I think, then that changes the game. They're like, well, okay, I get it. Like, I, my phone isn't gonna fall if I'm wearing this. So I think I think you've identified your audience, which is one of the most critical things for any marketer to do, is who is it that you think is interested in buying this thing? So if it's people that are about to get onto a ride who have a smartphone, who are likely to take a picture of themselves or want to record a video, well, you've now niched it down really, really well into who would be the ideal person and the value that it can provide, right? So that you don't want to lose your phone, therefore, buy my glove. So I think... You've already identified also where this audience is, right? People are right before they're about to get onto a ride. So I think a great way to test this out would be kind of, as you said, hang out in the amusement park. And so one thing you could do is offer to the manager of the park, be like, hey, I've got this cool like idea for a product. Happy to like split revenues with you or something or give you all all the profits from it just so I can test out the the opportunity here and just like have a couple of gloves and some billboard that says don't lose your phone on the ride and get yourself a picture of yourself yeah yeah um, um and then kind of play it up as hey you know you guys you sell pictures of of for people but here you could actually sell a far more expensive thing like this glove in your store and make more money from it or something okay so that is very good advice and actually i've been talking to a lot of friends about this product and, and one of them said dude you need to sell to the park i mean they have the reach they have the marketing and i and i said that is very true but here's the issue Right now, there's a policy against actually doing this. So they don't really enforce it in the sense that they're going to kick you out of the park or take your phone away. But when you get on the ride, like let's say you have the phone in your hand or even I actually tried it the first time with the glove, with the phone in the glove and they saw the glove and they saw the phone. They just said, you can't have your phone out. But what people do is that as soon as the ride pulls away from the little starting spot where you get on, people that are going to do it, take their phone out and they hold it. So the first issue is... I guess my mind was, I mean, I'm taking a risk. If I try to present this to the park, are they going to like flat out, like put me on the blacklist and say, you know, no, you can't do this. And we're going to flag you. If you come in here, we're going to, yeah, I'm a little worried about that at the, right at the beginning, but I'm also thinking, what is the reason they have this policy? And it's kind of twofold. I think one of them safety. And I totally get that. I mean, in fact, on Saturday, somebody's phone apparently, and they thought it was me, but it wasn't. Somebody was doing this, holding their phone. It fell out, hit somebody in the face, and then hit the ground. So that guy right. got in the face of the phone. The guy whose phone it was lost their phone, and this maybe is why they, they have it. But I also think the park traditionally, I guess before smartphones, they used to sell so many pictures, I think. And yep. and they even take a picture of you on the ride like at a couple points, and they try to sell it. And I think this is an outdated business model, and I think this is where you guys' idea maybe has some merit. Because, you know, they keep telling people, even when you walk in, they're like, hey, get your picture taken, and then we can sell it to you for $20. And everyone's like, 
dude, I've got a phone that has a better resolution than the one you're using. Like, why would I pay $20 for you to take a picture of me and my friends? <laughs> yeah. But so I think it, the point here is, is, is maybe approaching them and see, maybe not positioned as, Hey, I want you to sell it in your gift shop yet. It's like, Hey, let's just check out the opportunity and see if they're resistant or not. Because if they show major resistance because they don't want to have people have their smartphones out at all, then this might, well, this will probably not be a, a channel that you can use for distribution down the road. So it's kind of twofold. It's one, you'll be able to test out, will this be a potential distribution opportunity with this park by having them sell it in the gift shop. But more importantly is you're trying to get in front of people who are the ideal target audience where people about to get on rides who have smartphones want to take a picture of themselves. So, um, okay. So, so I guess, I guess what you're saying is the downside risk of presenting this to them is really not that bad. I mean, if they say, no, we're not going to do this or it's against our policy to people hold phones, even though I've shown that this works and people aren't going to be dropping it. I can still go ahead and market it the way I have been. It's not really going to change things. I mean, if people exactly. are exactly, you can go, until, a different, until, go a different way, sell it online. People can still use it that way. Yeah, and the thing is, people are until they tell people they can't go in the park, you know, with their phone. I mean, there people are going to continue to do it. I mean, I don't yep. think I can't see any way the park can stop you from, you know, they'd have to make you either not bring your phone in, and that's just not going to happen. Or they're going to be like, you have to take your phone, everything out of your pockets and place it in this box over here before you get on the ride. And that would slow the cycle time down of these rides tremendously and cause a whole bunch of headaches. I can't see that happening either. So in my opinion, if I was the park manager, I'd kind of be towards it because I think the reason that they're not letting people do it is the safety. I think that's the number one reason. So I like your guys' advice there. I think that maybe I was a little too hesitant because of my worries of losing my season pass or something by <laughs> presenting it. But I think that's a little ridiculous now that I put a little more thought into well, it. Right. I mean, the fact that, you know, you have a season pass and that you actually have a job schedule means you can go. It's a pretty big thing to put on the chopping block. So, you know, I understand the, the little reticence on that. But Yeah, you know what I mean? Like they, they put yeah. like flag my ID and then they say, okay, check this guy's pocket. Make sure he doesn't have yeah, that selfie bottle sure on him. Every, that. <laughs> I know, I know. I just, I'm a, I'm a little bit paranoid sometimes. <laughs> so what do you think, Joe? How do you think you should be approaching this? Well, I actually think that you should try a different market segment. And basically like with product development, one good thing is like in the design thinking is about like finding extreme users and, you know, basically people that like have a problem and like really care about the problem and then they solve it. And then normally that solution can be brought out to like a wider community. And when I was thinking about what your problem is solving, it's like people who are having experience in a place that is very, you know, it's physically demanding and they want to record their own experience in that process and you know they have a cell phone and a smartphone i think probably some place that's maybe even better than this than roller coasters is skydiving um, oh yeah good point because skydiving right now like a it's completely fine to you know record yourself and you know they also sell gopros things like that for yeah this. yeah and but i wanted like, to interject on the gopro thing because i've had some people tell me well why would anybody buy this go buy a gopro well my understanding of a gopro is they're really expensive Right, yeah. like a couple hundred dollars, and it's like everybody's already got a phone with a camera on it. So unless you're the mountain biker, extreme sports guy who's going to invest in buying a helmet with a GoPro and all these other things, it's like this is a much better solution for just the hobbyist. Totally. Want to finish yeah. your idea, Joe? Yeah, I guess I mean it's like I think probably just like maybe uh, trying out this idea with roller coasters, but also maybe something where you sell these to the skydiving camps. No, I mean, that's a great idea. I knew there was more applications than just this. This was just the first thing that came to my mind was just going to the park all the time and seeing people 
holding their phones. I was just like, well, I know I can figure out a better way than that. But yeah, I mean, just brainstorming with people like you, it's, you know, things come up. Like one of my friends said, car maintenance people could use this when they're under the car instead of holding it in an awkward space. They can just have it on and, you know, do a video of whatever they're working on and then they can take it back out. And it's just easier to do that than like if it's stuck on your hand like that, then trying to hold it and then twist your hand up underneath the car. So cool. Yeah. So I like that idea. Sell to, um, so for the skydiving, I'm just writing this down, sell to like, who would I, I guess, approach with that? Well, I would probably get on the phone and talk, talk to like five or six um, skydiving camps. You can just call them and just say, hey, I'm emailing a picture of these things. You know, would you like to have an inventory of them to sell to your people? You know, I'll sell them to you for 15. You can sell them on for 25. And how about I give you an order of five? Okay, great and idea. Yeah. If, if, if you run out, let me know. Yeah. After I did that first market test Saturday at Carowinds, and I would say I talked to 50 people and 48 were like, you know, had a reaction of both being completely in shock of how good of an idea it was and saying, oh, I really want one. I went online that night and ordered enough materials off eBay to make 30 or 40 more of them. Cool. There you go. I think that's great. I think that's a great test. So what do you think is the most exciting for you, Scott? We talked about reaching out to skydiving schools, we talked about reaching out to the, you know, the manager of your beloved amusement park. We always try to keep these tests under two hours. So that's really to encourage the idea of making sustainable tests, things that you can do quite regularly and quickly. So which, which is the most exciting for you to kind of achieve in the next? I mean, days? honestly, I think I'll go for both of them. I've never done skydiving, although it's something I would do. But I guess the challenge with this is finding the right person at both parties. So at Carowinds, the guy who's going to be able to have the authority to make this decision is going to be hard to get. I don't know who it is. It's going to be hard to find who that is and even harder to get a hold of that guy. But I'm sure I can figure it out. I've worked sales for a long time, so I, I you know, play on the internet and find people. But that's going to be a challenge. Not impossible, but it's going to be a challenge, but I, I can do it. The skydiving camp should be a little simpler because there's going to be a smaller organization. And, uh, you know, so I mean, I think I should just do both of them, honestly. Awesome. Cool. Great. So then we can see that we're validating if like an intermediary third party is like believes in this enough to support it. Yeah. Like, so otherwise you have to go direct to consumer. Yeah. And it'd be easier just to do like a wholesale or licensing deal essentially where they, they sell it for me and I just provide it. Yep. Yeah. I think a challenge of just like maybe trying to get one skydiving camp to you know accept inventory of your product to try to resell it to their people would be awesome yeah, yeah and, and now that i think about it i should definitely focus on local ones because i don't see a guy in charge is willing to do it until he sees the prototype and sees it in person because he's be like well, what if it breaks or what if, you know what i mean like but if i can go there in person and show him that it's not going to fall out and the person's phone's not going to come off then i think i could get his buy-in that sounds great. Well, this is awesome. We're going to check back in with Scott in a couple of days, week time. And But for you on the uh, listening side of this, you will just hear a nice little transition and then we'll be magically in the future with Scott's results. It's magic. <laughs> okay, Scott, good luck with the test and we'll be uh, following up with you shortly. All right, everyone. So we're back with Scott Tarsi and Joe. It's been a couple of days, but we're back. So Scott, you want to sell this glove thing. So tell us what you did, how it went, what you learned, and we'll dig into that. 
Okay, so when we talked last, what I had explained was that what I had been doing, this was like the first week I had the prototype, is I went to the amusement park, and I think I showed everybody it, and they absolutely loved it. And so I had set up a website, and I did a video. Did you guys see the video yet? No, tell us about it. Oh, okay. Well, basically, um, after that first week, I went to the amusement park, Carowinds. You know, I violated their policies and recorded myself on the ride. And then I edited that video and I put it in like an introduction part where um, I show how it works and how you use it. So people could clearly see like, okay, what it's a glove that you put your phone in and how do you put it in there and how does it stay on and all these things. And I got a lot of views on that and I got the website, a lot of, a lot of visits, but no sales. So I'm, I'm a little confused on why, because when I go to the park, everybody loved it. Like everyone lines like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I only had the one prototype, so I couldn't sell any there. I really wanted to bring like 10 with me and try to sell some, you know, just in person. But I bet I did is the first time as I handed out my business cards, but their CAD design help.com cards are not have anything to do with the glove. And so unless you were really going to dig into it, you would get find this thing in your pocket the next day and be like, what is this? I don't know what this is. And they probably threw it out. So the second time I went there, I did the same thing. I just talked to everybody I could in line, showed them the glove, explained it. Everybody understood what it was when I showed in person. And then this time I brought, you know, just my website, the main name. I think it was like, I used the, like one of those website builders, strikingly.com. So it's like strikingly.selfieglove.com. But I printed those out in like 200 pieces of paper, cut them up, you know, just like those things where if you're at the coffee shop and it's like there's a phone number for guitar lessons, like one of those kind of things, mm-hmm. and just handed those out to everybody. And I did get a lot of web traffic like the day, two days after that. But again, no sales, so a little confused on why. So I tried that angle, and I don't think the price is too high, although maybe I should play with it more. I talk When I talk to people at the park and say, okay, what would you be willing to pay for this? And most people say, oh, you know, 20 to $25. You know, some people say, oh, I only pay $5 for that. But, you know, I tried it at $19.99 is when I started the website and I put it up there and that's what it's been at since. And strikingly will give you statistics like how many people put it in the shopping cart and that's zero. Right. So basically just people are going to the site but they're not going even into the shopping cart part of it. So not entirely sure why. Probably need to do more tests with that. And then what what are some of the other things I've tried? So I um, how does the skydiving stuff go? Yeah, yeah. So I also took your advice and I called Carowinds directly, the corporate office. I found you know, I go to LinkedIn, I found the guy's name who's in purchasing, I think, or merchandise. And I explained to him what it was and he really liked it. I mean, everything he told me on the phone, he said, you know, we have that policy, but then I said, Yeah, but people are gonna bring their phone on the ride anyways. You can't really stop that without a, you know, inspecting every person, which you'll never do because it'll take forever, or not let them bring their phone in the first place. But you're not going to do that either. So, you know, here's the solution. And he, he liked it, but he's like, well, I don't really have the authority to see if we can do a test run of this. I have to go to the higher level guy. So send me, you know, an email with pictures and stuff and I'll talk to him. So I did that and he never got back to me. That was two weeks ago. I called him Friday, but I probably called too late in the day. I left a message. You know, if I don't hear back today or tomorrow, I'll try again. But you know how it can be when you're trying to pitch something to a big company. They tend to forget about you. So anyways, I'll keep trying that since there was some promise there. Skydiving route was interesting. I called three companies here in Charlotte. Two I never heard back from. One of them, he called and emailed. And he emailed me back. And he thought it was an interesting idea. But he's he said basically this. He said, listen, we would never do this because 40% of our revenue comes from renting out our GoPros. And so if we allow people to bring this, then um, wow. we would have to in- increase our price to 40%. So we'll never do it. So I was like, okay, well, 
valid point from your side. Why? <laughs> what, what motivation do you have if, if it's going to cut into your revenue stream? So Smart. looks like the skydiving route is probably out because anytime that somebody, even if somebody bought this from me and wanted to use it, they'd probably prevent it because, like I said, they would have their policy and their and the whole goal is to get the money from to rent out their own GoPro. So yeah, that may not be the best uh, to route to go with it. The last thing I did with this is when I was interviewing the guy for my podcast, he's like an industrial designer. He he does stuff similar to me. And when I was telling him about this product, he said, well, do you really want to start a business around this or do you want to just invent stuff and you know license it? And I thought about it. I said, honestly, if I could just license this thing and get 5% and not have to deal with the headache of creating a brand and starting a whole business, I'd prefer that. So what I've done is I've try to call a bunch of companies that make like armband holders and selfie sticks. Like I probably called 10 or 20 at this point, trying to get somebody on the phone and just say, Hey, would you guys be interested in, in possibly licensing this product? You know, I have the patent on it or the provisional patent. What do you think? Because honestly, if I could just go that route, that's what I'd prefer to do. I, I like inventing things and designing things, but building a business and a brand around it is not really what I'm interested in. Plus I'm running, already running a company doing design work. So I'm not saying I won't do it if I can't do a license deal, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought that would be the preferred route with this thing. So that's kind of all the different things I've tried at this point. Hmm. Well, wow. I mean, I, okay. First off, Jevin, I, I would like to invite you in a round of applause for our Scott. Wow. Lots of hustle. I love it. So much hustle. So much hustle. Really like it. I mean, I, I think the learnings there, I mean, one thing about the whole, like, the fact that you actually got people to come to your website and, you know, they did not buy. That's interesting. You know, the the fact that you now have a better insight into the actual business model of skydivers, which is to rent GoPro, which is pretty fascinating. So that's clear. Like, there is demand for it because people would want it. But there is an entrenched business model that is incentivized yep. to exclude you. So that's pretty. Wow, I would not have guessed that, by the way. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a good learning. That, that's a good learning. You um, know what's funny is I actually did think that was going to happen when oh. I called before I called them because I was thinking like I bet you they already run out their own equipment to these people and yeah, I was right. Dude, good job. I think you uh, might have. That. I think you yeah. might have mentioned that in our last call, but I didn't. I, I did not suspect it was going to be that large. Yeah, 40%. 40%. Yeah, yeah. He of, said if he allowed it, he'd have to increase his price to people 40%. That's amazing. Well, it's also good for uh, GoPro to know that they have a very captive audience. <laughs> they will at least yeah, continue yeah. to sell GoPros to skydivers because <laughs> they're getting a bunch of return on investment. <laughs> so well, one thing, I mean, it's amazing. It's truly amazing all, the, all it. the work you did there. A couple of thoughts. First, though, for the purpose of this podcast is the parks. It sounds like you got really good feedback. Did you try saying, hey, give me $20 or give me $10? You know, you said you'd pay 20 Pay me 10 right now, and I can have this for you for next week. I will personally come and deliver it to your house. Did you try saying something like that? No, I, I didn't. I didn't think okay. about that because I just feel like in you know what's the, what's the likelihood someone's going to hand me a ten dollar bill in person, hoping that I actually show up? You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's less trustworthy than even on the internet, where you at least have some method of follow up. You know what I mean? Like if you find a website that looks legitimate and you buy something that doesn't show up, at least you have some means. Like if you meet some random guy. And you say, yeah, hand me ten. Like that seems like the biggest scam. Like I didn't, well, I didn't even think about podcast, it. You have a podcast. You look legit in that you actually have a, a prototype. And you, I'm, sh- I haven't seen you in person, but I'm sure you're a very charming looking individual. So I don't know. I, it would have been interesting to see how I'd people like could try for sure. Yes, I mean the yeah. park's open another because month. Because the response so was so. Time. 
Yeah, just I mean, just the response was so positive because then what will happen is if they say no, then you could say why not, and they will give you an answer at least that's honest and like, oh, you know, I don't trust you, or this seems it seems premature, or I'm not sure how I would use it. All of which can help you for your marketing, you know, online, for example. You can attack each of these objections on your website okay, because now you, can get, now you get some feedback into what people are thinking about when you are selling them this particular thing. So, uh, so that would be one thing to take it further. But I think the fact that you had so many conversations in the park and received such good feedback, that was my first point. Joe, are you back on track now? With yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm game time now. Two things. One, basically, like next time, I would say sell the one prototype that you have. You know, you well, said, you well said, yeah. I'll interject here. When the day, okay. the very first day I went to Carowinds and I came back that night, I literally went on eBay and ordered enough materials oh, awesome. to make like 40 more of these. But the problem is I, to get a really good price, you got to order from China and it takes forever to get here. It takes like a month. But I mean, stuff should start rolling in soon. Oh, I've got awesome. I've got enough materials to make two of them, but I want to go bring a whole bunch to whoever's going to sew this together and be like, hey, can you do it for $3 a unit if I'm going to give you 50 versus going with two of them and trying to get that price. So I'm trying to get all this stuff in and then hopefully get it before end of October when the park closes for the year. So running out of time. <laughs> cool. Two things that are just an idea on a product vision. One thing could be interesting is right now it's a white glove and it looks a little bit medical. Yeah. The things that Michael Jackson, yeah, the thing, the thing that I've seen like this going for is like roll. I mean, so far we've talked about roller coasters, and if there wasn't a blocking, probably people would use it skydiving, and those are more like aggressive things. Yeah, than, use you a, know, black, a black glove, so you yeah, say, right? yeah, or I don't know, black glove, or like it's got leopard print on it, or I don't know what you know, something that like looks like you just got in a fist fight. I don't know, something that's aggressive, just an idea, nice. just like. No, 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 I agree. Com- I agree completely. I mean, when I did the first prototype, I was just like, what, what am I going to like? What kind of glove is going to work? I, I just ordered something that was cheap sure. and it, it worked. So I just went with that. But yeah, I mean, the stuff that I've ordered, I've ordered pink ones. I've ordered cut off finger versions for like oh. when it's hot outside. I've, I've gotten feedback <laughs> from people saying, well, what would they like, you know, pink for girls? And I've ordered black because somebody said, you know, most men would prefer a black glove. And it seems to be the case. I have a friend. He says, yeah, you know, I'll buy one from you. And he said he wants a black one. So I've got a couple of those coming. So I am going to have more versions. Cool. And then the the, the other thing was the only person that, I mean, I don't know a huge amount of this stuff, but I, I do know one gentleman that sold like license ideal for like in the millions of dollars for like a physical product. And it was for these like little, basically like kind of stretchy shoelaces. And I know that to be successful in that, it seemed like he was he was building the business at the same time so that anybody that was about to license the product kind of was also buying out their competitor kind of. And that's like a story or like way that I've seen it done. So like I think there might be like a strategic decision to actually get some sales, even if your goal is licensing. Just to add to that, sure. I think you will help the licensor know that there's demand for this thing. Because right now it's a big question mark is for them is, are people actually going to buy it? Are they going to, you know, is it going to work? But if you sell like 100, 200, 300, or 1,000 of these things, it answers a lot of those questions for them, making it more attractive. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you guys completely. What's funny is I have a friend, if you listen to my Engineering Entrepreneur Podcast episode two, uh, a friend of mine, Rick Daly, he works for me part-time, and he uh, he worked for toy companies. He invented, and later he went out on his own and invented a few toys, and he told me like kind of the opposite thing, at least in that industry, that 
these companies that license stuff want like a fresh idea that nobody's seen. Like the less you advertise it and the less other people know about it, the better. But it's already too late for that, honestly, in terms of nobody knowing about it because I've already talked about it and showed people because I never thought of that at the beginning. So, you know, he, my friend Rick, he told me, oh, you should take down the video. And somebody else said that too. But then I don't really necessarily agree with it. I, I agree more with what you guys are saying because it's like if the licensor sees traction on this thing, yeah, they'd be more inclined to do it. So, you know, I've kind of had mixed messages in terms of advice on, in terms of that. But I, I feel like just going straight forward and doing both routes, you know, call these companies, try to do a license deal. But if at the same time, keep trying to sell it because I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket and have that fall through and then not have any work being done, you know, just getting it done on my own. I mean, I actually already called a manufacturer and found a guy in Texas who, when he saw it, he's like, oh, we could easily make that. It wouldn't even be that expensive. We, we do our manufacturing in Mexico, you know, and he was supposed to call me back or his top-level buyer guy was supposed to call me back and he was supposed to discuss numbers and how to, like, you know, send them some, some materials and stuff so they can kind of quote it. But, you know, so I've already started working on that. So I, I kind of agree with more with you guys than what Rick and some of these other people were telling me in terms of keeping it a secret. Yeah, and I mean, Scott, I hate to break it to you, you know, after you've been featured on Built in a Day, I mean, there's no chance that any, that no one will know about your idea. Now. So it's so, going you know, viral. You no, know, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, huge. It's blow up. The yeah. kingmaker, Built in a Day. The one thing, the one thing that could make uh, a big difference, too, is the positioning. I'm just thinking, uh, we're getting more into the product here, more than just the experimentation, but for the sake of discussion, putting it on the top of the glove as well. That way you have the hand actually available to to use, because as I understand, it's it's on the inside. Is that right? The hand? Yeah, I thought about that, but, and, and certainly we can make a prototype and try it, but if I, if I put the thing on, I've got it right here, and because when you're riding a roller coaster, what do you naturally do with your hands? You put your hand, your palms facing forward. If you had to turn your hand backwards, I feel like that would be kind of uncomfortable the whole time. Oh yes, I'm ta- I'm talking about for different verticals potentially. Oh okay, yeah, that yeah, yeah, for sure. Hands access, uh, you know, accessible like surveyors, for example, you know, where they have to have you know their hands available to like hold stuff and move like the thing that they look through, and then they put in the results maybe into the phone, and they can just have it on the, flip the back of the hand and not have to go into their pocket or however. So there might be other verticals that even just changing the position of where it is could totally open up new opportunities. Oh just, yeah, I. I agree completely. I just think at this point, it makes sense to focus on one group instead of trying to like, you know, do a million different things. You know, if I can just get some sales to, you know, focus on the benefits to one group, just, just because I mean, otherwise I'm too scattered and I can't, you know, you can't focus on it. That's absolutely great insight that you have. You are an intelligent person. (laughs) Genius. Well, Scott, I got to say, it it has been a pleasure to uh, get to be a part and follow you on this adventure with the selfie glove. And I very much appreciate your coming on to Built in a Day and diving in and making those calls and learning a bunch of stuff. And uh, Jevin, do you have any last closing words? Oh, that's it. Let's, uh, Let's wrap it up. So from Scott, Joe, and myself, thanks everyone for listening. And until we meet again... Keep on testing.